This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Fantastic morning outside, folks. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing, and you have tuned in by luck or on purpose to the Gestalt Gardener. It's a local produced program from Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Um, my producer, Sir Jonas Adams, and our phone greeter, Kevin Farrell, and I are going to be talking nothing but gardening with you today. Uh, there's all sorts of things, mostly phone calls. It's a live program. i got a few things to share, a few tips, things, some events that are going on, and some cheesy music, of course. But that's the name of the game, folks, for next hour. We're not going to worry about stuff. We're going to just talk about our gardens, your gardens, their gardens, or stuff you might want to do or not do in your own garden. Anyway, sit back and relax. We're going to do a little bit of news and come back with this locally produced Mississippi public broadcasting garden party. We call it the Gestalt Gardener. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie. Welcome back, folks. Gosh, it seems like Jonas has been forever since we've been here. I mean, a holiday and all yeah, that. Yeah, it's been a good break. It's been a good break. Yeah, what you you, you went to... Uh, I went to Charlotte, North Carolina. With your, you got a sister there, right? Sure do, yes. Okay. Beautiful city. How'd the boys, how'd the boys travel? Oh, wow. Um, traveling <laughs> with a 10-year-old and a 3-year-old in the car is something else. Yep. Um, I'm glad we had a um, portable DVD player. And they wanted to watch Mickey Mouse and Paw Patrol the entire so you heard So you heard it the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> I know it word for word, but I'm not complaining. So. All right. Well, we're back. We got there safe, got back safe. Good, good time. Good, good, good. I hear, I hear a phone call is pouring in there. That's what it's all about, folks. It's a live program. I'm a, I'm a gardener. I'm not a great gardener. I'm a horticulturist, and you know, I've learned some stuff about gardening, but I, personally, I'm not that great a gardener. I just muddle around like everybody else. So we got plenty of stuff to talk about, some things that are going on, some things that you can be doing in your garden or avoiding if you want to. Uh, I'm also uh, pretty good about settling debates. You know, should you rake leaves or not? Uh, do you really need to winterize? Uh, how do you keep a plant going over the winter when it really doesn't want to? Things like that. So if you've got an argument with somebody or, or debate, um, and I'm also open for suggestions. If you've got some things that you want to talk about and I don't know anything at all about, we will learn together because that's the way it is. I don't sell anything. This is public radio. I don't have to sell anything. So if I like something or if I don't like something, I'll tell you, the only thing that's holding me back is my mother, bless her dear departed heart, is standing behind me in spirit, and she's ready to smack me on the back of the head if I don't straighten up. So give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. MPB is, of course, Mississippi Public Broadcasting, and we'll talk about it. Also, I've got a, a guest coming up in a few minutes, something really, really unique uh, that I think gardeners or, or, or gardeners' gifts might enjoy. 
of this holiday season, a truly, my opinion, a unique thing. Uh, and also this weekend is the uh, the Chimneyville Craftsman Guild. Uh, they're having a real big thing at the Trademark Building down at the Mississippi State Fairgrounds. It's uh, f- today and for Friday and Saturday. Unbelievable stuff. I was at the preview party last night, and we will talk about that, but I'll give you a preview. They got this thing called a, a Thunder Gourd. Thundergourd is back. The Thundergourd is back. Made out of a gourd. Isn't that cool? Also, a lot of really cool little glass trinkets and, and a woodworking and, and ornaments and uh, fabrics and glass. Just incredible stuff. Really, really incredible. I'll give some details about that. We have to get a picture of that gourd because it has the outline of Mississippi yeah, yeah, carved this, into it. This particular one is done by a, a really cool guy uh, who's who's uh, who, who down he lives in Raleigh. He's with the Mississippi uh, Gourd Society, and he makes these kind of things. He called this one Midnight Mississippi because kind of a dark, purpley, sparkly things with the state of Mississippi. And when you shake it, it has wonderful, wonderful thunder sound. Anyway, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Well, it is a live program, though. If you want to give us a call, give us a call. And meanwhile, we'll go down to Summit, Mississippi, and talk with Frank. Good morning, Frank. Howdy. Good morning. I'm doing, doing fine. Good. What's up? Uh, I've got some pomegranate bushes uh, that I've had in place for about three years. And they, each year they bloom, really beautiful blooms. And they look like they're about to start to set fruit, and then they don't. Yeah, you know, so I figure I'm doing something wrong with them. Well, really, uh, probably not. A couple of things. First of all, pomegranates are native to the Mediterranean. They're they're uh, uh, they love dry, dry weather, but not the kind of dry weather we had this year. They bloom kind of late in the spring, and uh, they're self pollinating. But uh, so as long as you've got any kind of bees or those little uh, striped flies and things, if you've got any kind of pollinators working the flowers, they have the ability to make fruit. Uh, sometimes the flowers will will throw off because they they don't get pollinated. Um, sometimes because of too much rain and the pollinator just weren't flying when the flowers are ready. Sometimes hot, dry weather will knock them off. But there are some that are just flowering pomegranates. They don't really make fruit. So I don't know which kind you might have. Yeah. I, no, no, I mean, I mean, there's some, they're sold as flowering pomegranates. Okay. Well, they'd have to eat the flowers. One other quick question. <laughs> I have a small a lemon tree in a pot that's made lemons every year. It made a bunch this year. But they were about half as big as the normal lemons. And when I picked the last one, the leaves pretty much just fell off. And this is before cold weather. Uh, what do you think going on with it? It's just tired or what? Well, it's hard. It's hard to how, how old is the tree? Is it in a pot or in the ground? It's in a pot. It's about, uh, I've had it about three or four years. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it takes, you know, they, most of the time when you buy a lemon tree, it's art is grafted as it, it can start producing pretty quickly. Sometimes right. if it's grown from a seed, it's going to take a while to go through a, a, a maturing process. Sometimes it takes five or six years if it's grown from seed. So, um, yeah. but anyway, it, as long as they're outside, you know, these plants don't really like the low humidity, low light of indoors. You know, you sort of have to protect them from, from freeze, but as long as they bloom okay, and again, if you've got pollinators because of flowers, You've got to have some bees or flies or something like that, or else they just won't make the the fruit. Yep, I'm I'm lucky. My neighbor has uh, three beehives. So I got bees uh-huh. everywhere. I've been really lucky that he's 
Well, what I would what I would do is that, first of all, uh, over this winter, I would thin out some of the branches. You know, they they make a bunch of branches, little limbs yep. and branches. I would thin them out, sort of like a bonsai tree, kind of open it up a little bit. That limits okay. the amount of, of twigs you can have flowers, but the energy that would have gone to what you cut off will go into what's left. That 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 just makes them stronger plants. Commercial growers always prune, and then okay. uh, keep keep it outside unless it's going to get down below, let's say, the mid thirties. Okay. But always keep them. What? Thank you very much. I appreciate your help always. All right. Appreciate it. Wish I could help Bye-bye. a little bit more on that. By the way, I was, while I was working in the garden the other day, an old friend named Bill Rusk, who's a master woodworker and furniture maker, uh, he stopped by to drop off a couple of, of lemons, real lemons, you know, those great big lemons. Um and they were really grown in central Mississippi. Uh, Bill is not a, the kind of pull my leg, but his neighbor, uh, who's um, uh, John, Johnny and Gary Estes, his neighbors have got this lemon tree in their yard in North Jackson. And uh, this year it had hundreds of lemons. Last year it had about 60. But anyway, I've always said that you can't grow lemons outside, you know, north of the, very far from the coast. And there's a, a couple in North Jackson who proved this expert wrong. It's a gamble. But, you know, if you've got a protected place, I suppose there's always hope. Always hope for something like that. Uh, by the way, I was down at the Chimneyville uh, thing last night. The Chimneyville is, is put on by the Craftsman Guild. There's people from Louisiana, Mississippi, parts of Alabama and Arkansas, but they're, they're vetted. They're, they're members. They have unbelievable stuff down there. It's so much fun. Um, and when I was down there, I looked at all sorts of different kinds of things. I ran with some old friends and just had a good time. It's going to be, uh, if you want to swing by Chimneyville, this is their 40th uh, anniversary, their 40th year doing this, by the way. I think I was at their their second or third or something like that. Anyway, I ran and I, I took my, my artist daughter, Zoe, with me. Zoe and I walked around and looked at everybody, talked with everybody. Met with some talented craftsmen and women. Um, talked with some woodcrafters and some glass artists about having some new bling made for my truck. You know, my, my truck got stolen uh, a couple of three months ago, and I'm having it repainted, and uh, it's going to have all sorts of new stuff on it. I can put the bottle trees back on. I'm looking for somebody to handcraft in some nice wood ornaments with some glass in it to replace those uh, bottle sconces. Anyway, uh, th- if you want to go down there, it's from 11 to 8 today, Friday, 11 a.m. to 8 uh, p.m. tonight uh, on Friday, $10 at the at the door. They got food and beverages and stuff like that. But uh, this year, they've got a new sipping shop from 5 to 8 uh, on Friday night. You can have complimentary light hors d'oeuvres and uh, entertainment and all that. Uh, but it's also open from Saturday from 10 to 5. Now, the Chimneyville is not on Sunday. It's Friday or Saturday. This is your chance to get down there and really enjoy some uh, some some really cool, cool stuff. There's some high-end items, very instrument, little little trinkets, um, Christmas items, gift things, homemade knives. There's something for everybody. Trust me on that. It's just really, really incredible. Uh, speaking of my, my truck saga, uh, a few weeks back when my famous old truck, the one with the garden plant in the back, and the bottle trees and all. It got stolen, and we recovered it, but it was completely stripped. Well, thanks for the folks at the Mississippi Community College Association. Uh, I got hooked up with Justin Langford, and Justin Langford is the is the instructor at Holmes Community College. Yeah, he teaches the automotive collision repair technology program, and where he teaches uh, young young people how to. Get jobs working in you know auto repair places, glass places, 
you know, places that, that fix up cars have had crash damage or hail damage. And I cannot tell you what a good job his students have done. An unbelievable job. They painted it yesterday, went up there and, and took some pictures, and uh, it is perfect. It's just like factory. Matter of fact, it's a little embarrassing. It's going to be a little embarrassing to drive it because maybe I feel like I need a body job on my face or something. Anyway, it, I painted it one of the most recognizable colors on earth. John Deere Green. I don't care where you go. You can go in, in, in Russia. You can go to China. You can go to South America, Africa, all over Europe. Anywhere you go, you can see stuff made by John Deere. John Deere Green with that yellow pinstripe. Anyway, I really appreciate the job they've done. We're going to get it all put together next week. And uh, the folks at MPB on Mississippi Roads are actually doing a little special on it. So we'll have something fun to uh, to, to share with you. If you want to give me a call this morning, it is live. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. Glad to talk with you about anything that's on your guarding mind. Uh, I've got the lines open right now. We're going to take a quick break and come back uh, with your phone calls and an interview with a, an old friend of mine uh, that I think you're going to really enjoy something he's come up with. His name is Pat Stone. And don't forget the cheesy music. <laughs> we got some... A couple of cheesy music tunes today, so we're going to take a quick break, folks. This is the Gestalt Garden. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Won't you give me a call? Let's talk about your garden, and we'll be right back after this. Well, what a wonderful day I want y'all to 
Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi Museum, presenting The Beautiful Mysterious, The Extraordinary Gaze of William Eggleston, on display through February 18th, an exhibit of both color and black and white Eggleston photographs. Details at museum.olemiss.edu. This is MPB Think Radio. I've wanted to say thank you. I've been listening to y'all for a long time now, and I usually put a good pep in my step. And this morning, your comments were really on point. So thank you for making those points. MPB Mississippi is our mission. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie doke, folks. Welcome back again. Horticulture's fell to rushing, and we just played some fun music from Ray Charles. It ain't it a beautiful morning, but we have a beautiful man on the line. Pat, are you with us? Hey, Felder. How you doing? This Fine. Time? My old friend, Pat Stone. How you doing, friend? Oh, man. I'm so glad that we finally got a little bit of rain. We've had two and a half months of nothing. Yeah, but then I got four and a half inches in one swoop. I would take it. <laughs> I would yeah. take it. My spring was running dry. The woods were catching on fire, as I'm sure you know. I mean, yeah. it's bad here. Yeah, you're just over the line from, from Georgia there in North Carolina, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that far from places like Gatlinburg, which burned up and all those good yeah. things. Yeah, right in time for the, for the holiday season, too. But And uh, and I, I had a neighbor who decided that, that they didn't want one of their oak trees, and they used the storm to throw it over in my yard. But other than that, you know, it's just life is good. Life is good. And uh, I just wanted to call and talk with you for a couple of minutes or so about something that you came out with. And first of all, before we get to this this fantastic new thing, Tell us about Green Prince, because you've been publishing Green Prince, the Weeders Digest, for what, 25 years now or more? 27 years. 27 years. It is the coolest little, it's, it's not a magazine, it's not a book, it's sort of like a Reader Digest type of thing with with line drawings from artists all over the country and some of the coolest stories. Not a whole bunch of facts in it, though. <laughs> I've spent years doing what you do, of course, which is telling people how to garden, which we all need to yeah, know. Yeah, you, you were with Mother Earth News and all like that for a long time. Exactly, exactly. But then I finally realized that, you know, the other part of gardening is the internal rewards and heart and humor and satisfaction it brings you, and nothing was sharing that. So I started Green Prince to be a Weeders Digest and share people's stories from all over the country and all over the world. It's, it's stories about, you know, I, I would compare reading some of yours to using a good fingernail brush to get dirt out from your fingernails and appreciating the tingle that comes afterwards. <laughs> Nobody's ever called it that before. But that's the kind of stuff that's in there. I did have one subscriber said, if I had to eat nothing but rice for three months, I would not give up my green prints. People do care for it. It's a, it's a fun little uh, magazine, and I know that a whole lot of people subscribe to it. And by the way, if people want information, then go to just green prints. It's prints like like photographic prints, not like Prince Charles. But Yeah, I say it's like thumbprints that are colored green. Oh, yeah, greenprints.com. Yeah. All sorts of information about that, and uh, I've been enjoying it for so long. It's just... It is an outlet for people who want something besides the, the how-to. We all it's need the, what, the recipes. It's the what for. We need to remember the relationship. Yeah, that's right. But uh, you've come out with something, <clears throat> and, and by the way, I know you do a lot of holiday gift subscriptions, but you came out this past year with something that just blew me away. I rarely talk about 
quote, products. Uh-huh. And you came out with this thing. And I want you to describe it, but I'm going to say it's a um, coloring book. It's what it is. Great garden quotes. A coloring book with wit, wisdom, and heart. It, one of my subscribers, I didn't think of this. One of my subscribers was talking on the phone and saying how much they loved the magazine. And they said, and when I finish reading it, I color in every picture because it's all black and white. Yeah, and went, head smack. Duh. Yeah, head smack here, right? Like, duh. You know, I have 27 years of beautiful art from illustrators all over the country already collected. I matched them up with gorgeous quotes, which Gardening has wonderful quotes. Yeah, yeah. And I made this coloring book, which is totally unique. And I'm glad you like it, fella. Well, it, 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 it blew me away. You know, it's sort of a trend right now. Adult coloring books are kind of trendy, but you didn't do that because it's trendy. You did it because it just made sense. And some of the illustrations are very complex and detailed. Some are simple and bold. You know, I, I finally realized that even if I don't, I'm not really myself much of a colorer, but I just like sitting and looking through the book. It's meditative. It's peaceful. It's like relaxing in your garden to look at these beautiful quotes. What a man needs in gardening is a cast iron, iron back, back with a with hinge, hinge in it. In it. <laughs> you know, or, or birds or flowers flying and flowers perched birds. Yeah, it's, it's a terrific stuff. And you've been doing this, you know, you've been seeking it out for over a quarter of a century and putting in this wonderful little Green Prince magazine, but finally some of the illustrations, and this is, these are frameable. They're like 8 by 10. Yes, no, they're actually perfect, so you can tear them out easily and frame them if you want. Oh, I didn't know that. I was just thumbing through it. Nope, try it. Rip pages, just come right out. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a book you want to tear up. I hope so. Draw, draw up and tear up, absolutely. Well, it's, it's, a, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, so many gardeners are tired of the how-to. Not tired, but we've no, been there. We've just done that. And this is the kind of thing where you got a winter day ahead of you. Maybe you got some kids who want to get them involved in gardening. You can actually talk with children about some of the quotes and what they mean. And it's just it's just a very touching present to someone you care for who's a gardener. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, I, I I wish it was downloadable, but it ain't. People have to go to greenprints.com to find it, right? That's right, that's right. Or they can call up, but yes, on the website, it's right there. Yeah, well, Pat, you know, it just I just want to congratulate because you and I we we see each other every year at the garden writers meetings or all over the country. And we've done for a quarter of a century or more. Oh, heck, you're my hero, Felder. You're the guy who's made a success of it. <laughs> well, it's either this or get a real job. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, <laughs> I hear that. In, but to make your own career is, you know, you get to be your own boss, but you get to be your own slave. It's well, not easy. You know what I've done, Pat? This is uh, what makes me a little different from other garden writers is uh, I turn it into a part. It's not serious. It is serious, but it's not serious. And, right. Uh, you know, it's like this this program that we call this the garden party. You don't have to put on clothes. You don't have to belong. You don't have to pay. It's a garden party. But as a result, it attracts people who are what I call real. No, no. I mean, you've, you've always had your hand in that, Felder. I'll give you credit for that. Well, listen, man, I want to call you up and congratulate you on this one. And I forget, I forget the name of the, the, the book. Great Garden Quotes. Yes. Great Garden Quotes. Which is misleading because it's great garden art and you can color it. Well, it's, it's a great colorable garden quote. There right? you go. <laughs> so if people want to uh, find out it or, or about your, your, your wonderful magazine, greenprints.com. Absolutely. Green prints like thumbprints. Thank you, Felder. All right, man. Hey, hug Becky and, Becky and said, Taylor about that said, hey. All right. I appreciate it. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Do you still got a, a rope swing in your yard? A rope swing? I thought you had a rope swing. I'm not much of a rope swinger. I'm more of a canoeist. Okay, well, we're going to have to work on that. I'll take you rope swinging if you'll take me canoeing. Sounds good. All right, Felder. See you, my friend. All right, take care.
Bye. Alrighty, folks, that was Pat Stone, GreenPrints.com. I normally don't promote stuff. You know that. But this is such a unique thing for gardeners. There's nothing else like it in the gardening world. Uh, we've got some other stuff coming up, some things I want to talk about, some cheesy music. But let's go up and do what we do best up in Tupelo and talk with, with Albert about gardening. What's up, Albert? Thank you for holding. Hey, Felder. It won't keep you long. Uh, have a beautiful gardenia off the back porch. Uh, beautiful flowers every summer. The problem is it's about nine feet tall, and, but it really needs to be about five feet tall. <laughs> and what I was calling about is how and when should I cut it back? Well, they, they bloom on new growth, you know, so you could cut it back really as far as you want. Keep in mind, wherever you make a cut, Albert, the new growth is going to cut out, come out right there. So, so if you want to cut it back to where it's nothing but just, you know, limbs, you can do that, but cut it in a snow cone shape because the new growth will come out like a, you know, more like a round bush. Cut it straight across, it's going to come out straight across. But you can cut it sometime in the wintertime with no problems at all to put out new growth. It may not bloom as well next year because, you know, it t- sometimes it takes a little time to catch its, its second wind. But if you'll cut it back harder than you want this winter so it grows okay. back up to where you want it to, when the new growth comes out, do this. Because uh, it's going to take, a, oh, a month or so after spring starts for the new growth. Come back and lightly shear the new growth. Just cut the tips off so that in turn bushes out. And you'll have a full bush instead of something that shoots back up over overhead. Okay. That that's, that second cut is what keeps it from. I mean, because the roots can be intact. When that new growth growth comes out, it's gonna jump. So you, again, just shear that new growth, and it should bloom on that. Gotcha. All right. All right. Stay warm. Stay dry this weekend. I appreciate it. You bet. A lot of stuff going on, folks. Let's go down to Mobile, Alabama. Hey, Louise. Good morning. Helder, good morning. Howdy. I have a question that I know you have the answer to. I'll try. The counterpart in Mobile um, said the other day to a lady who was wanting to grow some grass. Uh-huh. He, he, he told her when and what, and he called it just um, plant or something. I wonder if he meant for her to put seed down or sod. Was it TIF something, T-I-F something? What, what what kind of grass was it? Um, no, she wanted um, Saint Augustine in the front, and no Saint Augustine in the back, and um, the other one. Bermuda centipede. Centipede. In the front. Yeah, well, that's good because both of those have pretty much the same kind of requirements. You know, as long as she cuts them high and just fertilize real light every couple of years or so, uh, then either one will do about the. They're compatible, is what I'm saying. Uh, you can get seed for centipede, uh, but it takes a long time to sprout. It takes three weeks for the seed to even crack open. So it's best to do that next April or May when the soil warms up. Uh, you can only get St. Augustine from sod. Now, oh, now okay. let, let, let me see. Does does she have a lot of shade? She, I, I don't remember. Okay. Like well, you can you can pass this on. If she's got a lot of shade. She might want to shoot me an email, uh, and because I want to talk her out of it. We have a really I have a lot of lawns in shade in Mobile, but trying to get it started in the shade is a completely different 
almost impossible situation. I, you know, I'm, I don't sell anything, so it doesn't matter to me what other people say. But getting grass started in the shade is really, really difficult, close to impossible. But anyway, uh, start, you mean from seed? No, right? period. You could put solid side. You know, oh. you, you, I can't tell you how many times over the decades I've been doing this, I've seen people try over and over and over to get new grass started in the shade, sod, mowing right, fertilize everything. It just doesn't get enough energy to get started in the shade. It's, it can keep going once it's there. But um, anyway, St. Augustine oh. Centipede, best to put sod out for these. Okay, and I have three set symmetries, and they have long things going out uh, right now out of the bush. Do I cut them off at this time? Well, they, long they have, twigs. Long twigs, yes, just just cut them out like they were never there. Cut them off flush with what they grow off of, and they'll do fine. Okay. Okay, okay Lou, and if she wants to Thank shoot you. me an email, it's real easy, garden at mpbonline.org. Yeah, I'll be glad to help. I okay. got it. All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right, appreciate it. She said, I got it, I got it, Angela. And, and is it Ange- Angela, Angelina? Angela. Angela, good morning. How are you doing? You're in Mobile, too. I am. What's, what can I help you with? Well, um, my husband and I have just bought a little dream house. We've been, and it's got a, a good little parcel of land, and mm-hmm. we're so happy. And I'm a big gardener. Well, we got out here and we started planting everything. We've got sections of the yard that are just solid red clay, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, those little solid red clay areas are places where we would like to plant a fruit tree and some, you know, uh-huh. larval plants and some feeders for the butterflies yeah, and yeah. stuff. Um, I just wonder, do we do we just dig like earthen pots? And um, you know, just dig big holes in that clay. No, the nurse and pot. What do you do? Here's the problem. First of all, the problem with clay is that that air and water can't penetrate very deep. Water can, but air doesn't. And roots Mm -hmm. have got to have air. Uh, The deeper, Mm -hmm. you know, the 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 deeper that water and air can go, the deeper roots can grow. And clay, these roots stay real shallow because you know when it gets waterlogged, there's no air there, so roots stay real, real shallow. And if you dig a hole in that. And you just dig in a, a, a clay a clay bowl. It fills up with water, and it'll drown plants. So if you want to, oh, if you want, it's okay. It's okay. If you want to grow fruit trees, do this. When you dig a hole, make it at least a foot deep in the middle. Maybe loosen it up a little bit deeper in the middle, and at least three or four feet wide. Just turn the dirt, the clay over, and you can do this a few days after a good rain. It turns over easily. It's, you know, if it's real wet, it won't it won't dig well. It's a hard it won't. But a few days after good rain, just go out and just turn the clods upside down, three or four feet wide, and then add a little organic matter, a little bit of bark or something, and stir it in. So it's mostly native dirt, uh, a shovel or so deep, with a little bit of bark or something to fluff it up like a handful of crackers in a bowl of chili. And this will this will fluff it up a little bit, and then when you plant the tree, pull it out of the pot, loosen up the potting soil, and plant it so it's three or four or five inches above the ground around it with soil mounted up to it, you know, like a baseball pitcher's mound. And that gives that gives it that little bit of extra drainage it needs for the winter time, but it still has got some 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 good soil beneath it for the dry times. So loosen it up, nice wide hole, add a little stuff to it, and then plant on the high side. 
You're so great. Well, you know, this this is what I do, you know. And, and by the <laughs> way, there are some fruit trees that are better to grow than others, uh, fruit types. And then there are, you know, some, some types are just not going to do well, even if you got wonderful soil. Uh, so we need to look at what types of fruit grow best, uh, not just what you want to eat. And then also there are different varieties of each type, different varieties of, of uh, pear trees, for example. And so whatever kind of fruit you want to grow, let's choose the best variety from Mobile that will make sure it has the best chance of making fruit you know, without worrying about flowers and pollinating and, and diseases and stuff like that. So you can shoot me an email about that, and I'll be glad to help. Oh, thank you. Uh, also, thank uh, you so much. Uh, uh, do you know a guy named Bill Finch? Of course. Well, you know, he's Bill, my neighbor. He was my neighbor. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, you know, Bill, you know, Bill, he's a Mississippi boy. I've known Bill for a long time, and he's really, yeah. really into this also. And he and I pretty much tell the same story, but he's a really good local resource. On, uh, I, I actually email him from time to time when I have questions about, you know, what the best garlics, for example, the coast. Yeah. But but Bill Bill does sort of what I do, and he's a straight he's a straight shooter, too. He is, yes. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your show it, so it, much. It's a start. I and I've, miss I, it. Shoot me an email. I'll send you some of my favorite pollinator plants also. Oh, okay. Okay, Angela. All right. Thank you. You bet. So good to hear from you. All righty, folks. We've got uh, the lines open right now if you want to give us a call. We'd like to throw this out. Uh, um, a lot of times I'm, I'm gone right now, but this time of year I'm sticking around because my old dog, my old dog Rusty, 14 years old, He's not going to last much longer, so I'm sticking around, taking care of hugging on him as long as I can. Uh, but I'm also here to enjoy the fragrance of Eliagnus and Sweet Olive and the beautiful early winter blossoms of Camellia Sasanquas and fall colors of Crepe Myrtles. And uh, I guess the rains are going to knock off the golden leaves from the ginkgo and bald cypress. But I'm planting some cypress on the west side of my house. We're going to have some shade pretty soon. And my garlic is up, my paper white narcissus. There's so much you can be doing right now. We're going to be kicking around ideas up till the end of the hour. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back.
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. After a mass shooting, first responders go in, treat survivors, and turn off victims' cell phones so no one hears the ringing. I called Shannon's phone and it went straight to voicemail. So... I kind of knew he was dead. A crisis counselor who lost her fiancé in the San Bernardino shootings. Next on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. All righty, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. We got the lines wide open. I guess people are out shopping at Chimneyville or something like that. Chimneyville is, is a, a Craftsman Guild thing going on in Jackson at the Trademark Building downtown at the fairgrounds. Starting, it's going to be uh, up until 8 o'clock tonight on Friday, and it's uh, from, I think, 10 to 5 on Saturday. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Uh, if you go down there, be sure to stop by the Gourd guys and tell them that you heard the Thunder Gourd here on MPB. Not many places you can find the Thunder Gourd. By the way, I got the coolest little glass ornament, Jonas. It's a pretty little ornament. And uh, and it's a unique, it's hand blown little glass thing. Really, I really enjoy it, and and it's gonna be pretty. It's gonna be a gift for a friend of mine, and I love how it glitters in the in and it's a. Oops! Did you just break it? <laughs> oh goodness gracious! 
No, not really. Oh, we're gonna, okay. We're going to have a lot of fun, though. I'm, I'm going to go back down to Chimneyfield because so many little there's the little things as things from you know from from teams and states and unbelievable stuff. Cool little, I'm going to call them trinkets, but they're handmade by real craftsmen. Big stuff, too. Anyway, if you get a chance, go down there. Uh, it's going to be at the Trademark Building. It's uh, all day Friday until 8 o'clock tonight, and on Saturday, 10 till 5. I think you'll really enjoy it. $10 at the, at the door. It's magical place. It's just magical. We're going to be talking about gardening right up until the end of the hour, and we're going to try to do it with folks who are actually trying out there, out there trying to do stuff. We're going to go up almost to Memphis to South Haven. Hey, John, how are you this morning? Uh, Good morning, Pine. Thanks oh. for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Oh, not much. Uh, we just have a quick question, if you can help us. We have three hydrangea bushes on the east side of our house, uh-huh. and uh, they're kind of on a little slope down to the swell between the houses. Yeah. So they don't. I don't think they get a lot of water, but they're not flowering. Last year, we had one of the three bushes put about six flowers out, and that was it. The other two, nothing. Is there anything we can do? We don't trim them back. Or anything? Do we need to? Well, you know, there's, there's. Have they been there a long time? These old plants. Yes, about twenty two, twenty. Okay, years. they're yeah. probably the, what they call the French hydrangeas, one of the great big round flowers, That's either, either yes. purple or pink. Here's the deal: they bloom on new growth that comes out in the spring, as long as, follow me, as long as that grows off of previous year's growth. And what that means is everything that's out there right now, if you'll follow the tip of the branch where it stops back to where it started this past spring, mm-hmm. you can cut half of that off and what sprouts off of what sprouts off of what's left could bloom next year. So in other words, you prune them real, real hard, you can cut them to the ground, they'll sprout back out, but they won't bloom. So what I would do is I would go in and I would thin out some of the clutter, you know, just thin wait, wait till they drop the leaves in the winter. Okay. And uh, if, if thin out some of the clutter, and then whatever's left, follow from the tip back to where it started back this spring and leave at least uh, a third or half of that. And what branches off of that will be invigorated, the energy that went to what you cut off will go to what's left, and it has the ability to bloom on the new growth. Okay, and the old growth that's out there, does it not bloom anymore, the old thick sticks? No, well, you know, it, it'll bloom next year on what grew this year. Uh-huh. See, so, you know, if you don't do anything, it's going to sprout out near the ends of what's out there now, mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it can bloom on that. But after a while, these plants, they just get kind of tired. They get overwhelmed. They get more top growth than their roots can take care of. Mm-hmm. And by thinning them out and cutting them back a little bit, that, you know, that gives them more energy. Okay. Is there any kind of fertilizer that they might need? Any any kind of all-purpose uh, tree or shrub fertilizer? Just uh, you know, just not much at all. You know, maybe a cup or two per plant. You know, scattered under the plants. You know, not necessarily right up against the trunk, but kind of under the plants because the roots are out away from the trunk. But sometime in the spring, I'd prune them, thin them out. And then prune them back a little bit in the winter, and then when they start, you know, sometime in the late winter, early spring, throw a little fertilizer under them. Okay, we'll give it a shot. Thank you. Well, very much. let me let me know how it works. Okay, I and, sure and, will. and by the way, is there a lady involved in all this? Absolutely. These are grandma flowers. Okay. The reason I'm saying you can go to to these uh, all these uh, hobby shops and mm-hmm. buy fake flowers. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> yep. Just put them on the bush. Okay. Never hurt. See you, man. Right. Thank you. <laughs> you bet. Now, let's slide down to uh, over in the western edge of the Delta to Greenville. Hey, Warren, what's going on in in uh, uh, Washington hey, County? Brother, th- thanks for taking my call. Sure. I got a planter. Uh, I got, you know, some leafy stuff. I've got kind of my salad bar garden, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's 
basil and arugula and stuff that I like to put in a fresh salad. Right. But I'm trying to get ready to uh, take, you know, the stuff that's going to die in the winter out and replace it. I've got a little bit of red Japanese mustard. Uh-huh. I was, just wanted to know what you might suggest for uh, good winter lettuces. Well, first of all, keep in mind that lettuce loves cool weather, but you know, I'm from the Delta. I'm from just a few miles from, from, from Greenville over in Indianola. And if we have a, a hard winter, we'll freeze lettuce. You know, so think of lettuce as something you plant a little at a time every two or three weeks. That way you always have some coming on, harvesting some. In other words, don't, don't plant it like you would kale. It's going to be there all winter. But yes, what, what I would do is I would go to a, to a place that got some, some good seeds and get three or four different kinds of lettuce, some curly yes. red stuff, some green stuff, you know, all the different kinds, and mix the seeds together. And, and then you can start these lettuces. You can, either, you know, to, it, it's easy to, you know, get little small uh, pots or even a styrofoam egg carton, a little potting soil, and put just a tiny pinch of that mixture in each one of those. And when it sprouts, you'll have like little bitty salads you can transplant, and they grow into a whole salad. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, they, the, so the 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 people out with a little egg crate of like each seed, one, each seed in like one little egg crate. No, a little pinch. You know, mix mix three or four different kinds of lettuce, and then yes. put a little tiny pinch of the of, of that mix in each one of the the pots, and then right. each one right. it'll grow into a lot, nice little mixed salad. And as soon as it you know get up an inch or two, you can pop it right out in the garden. Just you know, to use your finger, poke a hole, and stick them in, and within a couple of three weeks, you have a whole mixed salad. All right. Hey, thanks for the advice, sir. Hey, the, nice the, one other quick tip. Do this every two or three weeks. That way you won't have to eat it all at one time. A little bit at a time, every three or four weeks, or else you have way too much lettuce. Yes, sir. That sounds great. Thanks for your help. All right. Appreciate it, man. Stay warm. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. All right. Let's slide down to Laurel. Hey, Charles. Good morning. Good morning. Howdy. Love your town. Love, love, love your town. Love the museum there, too. Yeah, I had a, had a couple of questions for you, and I've forgotten what the first one was. Zoysia grass? Oh, yeah, zoysia. Can I plant zoysia in Laurel? Is it a good grass? What is it, is it, it any better than uh, St. Augustine? Well, or? It's, it's different. You know, it, it, it culturally, it's more like Bermuda grass. It's a real thick, it's got little thin blades, you know, more like Bermuda grass than centipede or St. Augustine. It's a real dense turf. It does really, really, really well. Um, but you got you got to start it from pieces, you know, from sod or plugs or something like that. And it spreads so thick that if you mow it, not close and not high, but kind of mow it at a kind of medium setting, it will actually crowd out every weed out there. Zoysia is a good grass. It's a good, durable plant. Uh, it, it, they say it grows in heavy shade. It really doesn't. But uh, but if you you know if you a zoysia lawn is a pretty lawn. As soon as we get a frost, it turns completely tan. You know, I mean, it's a beautiful single color, uh, uh, kind of a taupe color, and then it greens up a little bit late. But when it greens up, it's a good, rich color green. Okay, I tried it before. Never could get it to last. Well, you know, zoysia needs a good soaking, uh, you know, uh, new grass needs water uh, once or twice a week until it gets for the first month. But once it gets started, a good soaking every three or four weeks is really all it needs. Hmm. And if you mow it in a medium setting and don't over-fertilize it, it's a good, I had zoysia for, uh, for, I guess, four or five years. But anyway, it's a great plant. Oh, okay. I'll try it again then. All righty. Good luck on it. My other question. Yeah. 
what other I I heard about the lettuce and the kale. I could I can go ahead and plant kale now. Oh yeah, it'll take ten below zero. Yeah, what what else can I plant now? Well, you know, we we really can't predict the weather. If we have a mild winter, you can plant, you know, cabbage and broccoli and, you know, things like that. But if we have a hard freeze, those will freeze. See, so sort of gambling on that. But most of the leafy greens, kales, collards, uh, try some cabbage, but again, a hard freeze will, you know, it just well, won't do as well. I have cabbage and collards already. Yeah. So, but, you know, this time of year, December, you know, I would stick with, with, with just the leafy stuff, collards, kales, maybe some lettuces. And and it's probably not. It may not be too late to plant garlic, but that's a whole different story. Okay. And when can I plant my turnips? Well, you can plant them now. Again, it's just it's just a gamble. If a hard freeze will kill these plants, you know. Yeah. But but uh, if we don't have a hard freeze, you know, if you look up like the past two or three or, or four winters, you, you have great turnips. Oh, okay. Now, a real quick tip: if you want turnips. If you want greens, just plant them however you want to. But if you want turnips, you need to plant them real thin because if the plants are crowded, they won't make that root. Mm. You know, so, so, so barely sp- you know, spread the seeds out. If they come out real thick, go out and pull up you know, every other one or something so they're at least a couple, three inches apart. Oh, okay. And, and you can eat the stuff you pull up. Yeah. Okay. Make my salads. There you go. There you okay. go. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. I appreciate your call. Okay. All right, and now let's go to Purvis. Hey, Suzanne, what's up? You got a banana plant? Hey, good morning. I have quite a few of them. Okay, they're um, making bananas? Uh, yeah. Well, good. Sure are. I'm wondering if it's a good time of year to kind of dig down in the roots and, and move them, but the area I want to move them to is going to get a lot of uh, north wind in the winter. Well, they, they, they normally die down in the winter, so that's not a big deal. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, once we get some frost, they turn to mush anyway. Uh, you know, you can move those just about any time, but I would cut them back before you move them. Makes them mm-hmm. easier to deal with. And uh, again, even you know, even down in South Mississippi, if we get us a good frost or or even a light freeze, it could turn to mush. So, yeah, but, uh, but the roots will still come up next. Oh spring. yeah, oh yeah. There's no problem at all, all right. about that. One one advantage of moving them now, cutting them back is is uh, when if you wait till after frost, they get really slimy, and they're just nobody wants right. to touch them. Yeah, and then uh, it's a good time to plant any kind of tree. Yeah, it's a great time. Uh, winter, uh, you know, you st- put stuff out in the fall and the winter, it has a chance to get established before spring. You don't have to water as much mm-hmm. next summer. All right, we'll do it. Thanks so much. Okay, Suzanne, appreciate your call. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, let's go back to Mobile. Hey, Mikey, good morning. Hey, good morning. Um, I'm I'm still trying to figure out the Merliton. I really like the I really like to eat them. They're really yeah. great. Yeah, you can get them at the stores right now. Well, I have, and uh, I've already started some that are putting out little sprouts, but I want to make sure that I'm not doing something dangerous. So, hence my questions. is: Are they annual or perennial? Um, I know that they will grow horizontally, but if... Well, do they also grow vertically, i.e., to overtake trees? They're vines. Uh, they're vines, and they're they're summertime vines. They're extremely sensitive to frost, which you may not have, not have a problem with in Mobile, but they produce late in the season. So typically, they're planted in the late winter or the spring, harvested in the fall, and they're vines. All right, and I have the vines already sprouting. Could I put them in a pot? Put them under a sh- overhead shelter? Not, place? not a, You could give it a try, but you know they they really like full sun indoors. Lo, you know, even under a light, there's not enough light. The low humidity. They, they, you know, they're just they want to be outside. So what I would do is I would try my best to keep them alive until you know uh, late well, February, March. 
this would be outside. This would be concrete uh, uh, okay. bottom well, with the overhead interior. Nobody who does it for a living would plan it this time of year. But if you want to give it a try, it's just you know all you can do Nothing is look. to lose. Right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, will that, my biggest question though is if if I do become successful with it, um, will they become invaders to Italy? No, and no, no, they, no, they, they, they free. No, they, no, no, they, they, they die in the fall. All right, it's not an invasive here. plant. Thank you so much. Again, All right, Walter. appreciate it. Good to hear from you, Mikey. You too. All righty, folks, we're getting kind of close to the end of the program. There's a lot of stuff going on. The Craftsman Guild this weekend. We've got the gourd. Be sure to stop by and see uh, Mike Thomas and his uh, Mike Thompson and his gourds. And uh, so just say hey to folks. I was down there. I talked to every single one of the vendors uh, last night, and I'll be back down there myself. Some stuff you could be doing right now. You can plant lettuce. You can plant uh, kale. You can plant daffodils. I just uh, went to a birthday party. An old friend of mine, I gave him a, a bag of cracked pecans, uh, which everybody appreciates. But I also potted up some daffodils, a little tete-a-tete, and some uh, the paper white narcissus. Put a little viola in a pot and gave it to him, and he'll, it'll do fine. There's so many things we can be doing this time of year, but also just enjoying the fall color. You know, the Eliagnus is blooming. The Camellia, the Sasanquas are blooming. The Japonica soon is getting ready for the holiday season. If you decorate stuff, think about, you know, getting some kids to help you make some homemade ornaments. Anyway, I'm Horticulture's Felder Rushing. We've been talking about gardening. Don't forget Pat Stone. Go to greenprints.com and see what he's got there. And I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Uh, this is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Jonas Adams is my esteemed producer. Kevin Farrell's been doing the phone greeting. And we're going to take a little break call a week. Be back at the same time, same place, talking about nothing but gardening here on the Gestalt Gardener, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Get out and do what we do best. Take a kid to a garden center or to a farmer's market and show them how to get dirty. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. 